If you hear a report that you will be under attack, protect yourself while assuming the report was whack. The speaker of Rachilut should not be believed because his story was probably misconceived. Okay, so uh, on this podcast, I'll be beginning Klal Vav, and I'll, I'll just be going over um, Halacha Aleph through Gimel, and I'll be covering uh, the rest of the Halachas in Klal Vav in uh, the rest of the, in a future podcast. So again, we're talking about the, the, the subject of Rechilut throughout um, the last few uh, Klalim, and just to go over what Rechilut is again, it's when someone says, can you believe you know, Plony said this about you. Um, that would be the person that said that uh, is a rachel. Is is it's a prohibition in the Torah to to say such a thing. Um, okay, so beginning with halacha aleph. Um, so the Chavetz Chaim says that it's usher to believe rachilot even if the speaker said it publicly in front of several people. Um, and again, you might have thought that this was mutter here because, well, it's public information now. So now I can, you know, basically once it's public information, then uh, maybe you can believe it. But no, the Chavetz Chaim says it's not true. Even if, even if this rechilot was said in front of a bunch of people. So let's say, you know, um, instead, you know, that like I said, the classic example of rechilot is, can you believe this person said, you know, this about you? Let's say that he said that in front of a, a group of people. Um, that still, the Chavetz Chaim says, is not room to believe it. You see, even if it's said in front of a group of people, you still are not allowed to believe that that person actually said X, Y, and Z about you. Um, however, again, throughout, throughout really Lashon Hora and Rechila, there's this general principle, though, that you are allowed to suspect that it might be true and investigate whether or not it's true if it's going to have a future impact. Um, so uh, an example... Uh, so, so an example that Chavetz Chaim gives is a victim was told um, that somebody else, you know, insulted, that, that, that he was insulted um, in front of a bunch of people. So how should the victim respond? So the question is basically, will it impact your life? If what you heard about you, you know, you heard, let's say someone was out to steal from you. So that may have a real impact on your life. You need to now protect, you know, whatever that person was looking to steal. Um, or, you know, this person is planning on cheating you in business or, or whatever it is. If you hear such a report, you're able to, and get again, investigate it. However, the Chavis Klam says it's prohibited to believe it, but you're able to investigate it to verify whether it's true or not and take steps to protect yourself. However, the Chavis Klam says, let's say it has no impact on your life. Let's say, you know, um, can you, you know, let's say, for example, you hear, can you believe that uh, Plony said that uh, he doesn't like you? Something like that, for example, that would certainly be rechilut. Um, however, you're really that has no impact on your life. So what? Whether he likes you or not, you know, and and maybe you want to ask why. Maybe maybe you could. Maybe it's because you need to do some kind of shuva. So that may be a legitimate thing to look into. But let's just say you know you hear someone uh, insulted you, said something bad about you, and you know maybe you didn't realize that that was bad about you again, and and then you should do uh, try to do shuva and and make up to that person. Um, but assuming that, you know, just someone said something bad about you, then, uh, then you should just basically say, what impact does that have on my life moving forward? If it has no impact, then the Chavis Chaim says it's actually even usher to ask other people exactly what was said about you. So, so let's say, you know, the example where it would be mutter to ask more, let's say so you heard, 
that, you know, Plony said he was going to steal something from you, but you're not quite sure what he's, what he was going to steal. So there you could look into it further and ask other people what, when, when Plony said that he was going to steal from me, what, what, what was it that, uh, he wanted to take from me? So then you could better protect whatever, you know, was, was possibly going to get stolen. Um, however, uh, the Chavetz Chaim says that if it has no impact on you, it's actually usher to go around asking people, you know, more for, for more details. Why? Um, because you're going to be over on lifne ever. Because basically, when you press someone else to to basically, you know, kind of spill the beans about what was said about you, if they respond to you and tell you what was what was you know what that person said about you, then. Um, that would be considered that they were doing rechilos, and you basically caused them to do rechilos. That's lifting either that that's causing a you know a stumbling block for them. You're causing it. You're you're basically challenging them to do a sin. You're challenging them to sin by saying, um, you know, who said what about you, and by saying over that report. That of course would be a classic case of rechilos, and then you're over on uh, on the sin of lifting either. So moving to halacha bet. Um, uh, Chavetz Chaim says, don't believe Rechilot, even if the comments were made in front of, um, in, even, even if the comments were made in front of the victim and in front of, uh, Plony. So for example, uh, the Chavetz Chaim says, what about if someone comes up to you and says, you know, um, so, so, so basically there are three people there, the guy that's talking, you as the victim and um, the guy that supposedly said something bad about you. And uh, you're all three standing there, and, and the speaker says, you know, can you believe that, that Plony, the guy right here, said X, Y, and Z about you, all these bad things about you? And um, the Chavetz Chaim says, even if Plony is silent, Plony says, not, Plony hears that this guy, you know, just said that, that uh, you know, apparently he, he Plony, said all these nasty things about, about you, and Plony just has no response. He's silent. So are you able to believe that Plony actually said those things? The Chavetz Chaim says, no, you're not allowed to. But why, you would ask? Plony was silent. He, it seemed like he accepted that report. Otherwise, he would have defended himself. Um, so, so how could you say such a thing that, that this is, you know, that, that, but, but the Chavetz Chaim says, no, that silence is no proof that the gossip was true. And again, we talked about this in, in the halachas of Lush and Hora. The same is true here. That you must assume that a person, um, in, in, in the Chavetz Chaim says also just a general principle that's very important. Uh, he's mentioned this before, that, that you should generally, you know, h- how do you get the strength? How do you get the, the koach to go about, um, you know, hearing Rechilot about you, you know, hearing something like, can you believe Plony said X, Y, and Z or is planning to do X, Y, and Z to you? Uh, and, and how are you supposed to not believe that report? So the Chavetz Chaim gives a, a simple model to, to have the strength um, to avoid and resist sinning by accepting that false report, um, or uh, that possibly false report. The Chavetz Chaim says what you should do to not believe it is to make, you know, is, to, is, is a very logical one. It's that basically you should assume the person that would speak Rechilot, the type of person that would speak Rechilot, is more of a Russia than that person they're blaming, than the Plony. So let's say, right, someone comes up to you again and says, can you believe Plony said this about you, right? So what do you, so you're not supposed to believe that, that Plony actually said that about you. How are you not supposed to believe it? The Chavetz Chaim says, very simple. It's that basically the guy that told you that report, 
he just violated the avira of of Rechilus. So therefore, you should say, well, he's clearly proven himself as a Russia. He's proven himself as a wicked person that he would say such a report. And therefore, you should assume that as a Russia, Russia, a Russia, a wicked person, they can't be believed. So the type of speaker, the type of person that would say such a report, can you believe, you know, Polony said this about you, a type of person that would say such a thing is automatically viewed as a Russia because they're a sinner, you know, just from the fact that they said just such a thing. And therefore, you shouldn't believe them. And in fact, you have a mitzvah of Dan L'chav to to presume that uh, that others are, you know, a good Jew, that uh, so that everybody else is, is a good Jew. So even if you hear a nasty thing that Plony said is going to, you know, a nasty things that Plony are going to do to you, you should assume, no, that can't be true. I know Plony. Plony's a good guy. He, he's not, he, he's, he, and, 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 and trusts that Plony is a good person. And in fact, that this person that is coming to tell you this report, he's more of a Russia from the fact he'd be willing to, to say Rechilos than Plony is. Um, now, okay, moving to Halacha Gimel. So the, if the, let's say the, the, uh, a person, you, you know, you, you're harmed. You're somehow cheated in business, or you somehow you you lost your job unexpectedly, or, or there was a huge downturn in in your sales, some kind of thing bad thing happened to you, uh, um, and you don't know why. It's uh you, you you know it happened unexpectedly. You don't know why. So the Chavetz Chaim says it's absolutely usher to even assume that a fellow Jew caused you that loss. Um, so for example, let's say you know you lost your job. You have no idea why you lost your job. It was very unexpected. Don't assume, ah, it must be I lost my job because some other Jew came to my boss and told me, you know, and, and told my boss nasty things about me, and that's why I lost my job. No, you can't assume that. And now let's say, the Chavetz Chaim says, let's say actually you lost your job, you don't know why, and then someone comes to you and tells you, you know why you lost your job? It's because Plony over there, Plony was the one that uh, that that went to your boss and said all these nasty things about you, and and let's say even the Chavetz Chaim says let's say even Plony is standing right there and 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 you know that you lost your job you're unemployed sitting at home now and someone comes to you with Plony and he tells you can you believe that Plony is the reason you don't have a job right now because Plony went to your boss and said a bunch of nasty things and you were fired because of it. Now are you supposed to believe that Plony actually said these things? No. The Chavetz Chaim says it's absolutely usher to believe that Plony would have said such a thing, um, and w- would have basically would have said something to your boss to have have you lost your job. Um, and now the Chavetz Chaim says kind of two interesting, uh, almost contradictory kind of ideas here. So the first thing he says is, you know, what what's with this deal that Plony's there. You know, so so right that the situation is you lost your job, you're sitting at home unemployed, you and 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 um, someone comes with Plony and tells you, can you believe that Plony is the reason why you lost your job? Because Plony Plony said nasty things to your boss about you. Now, and Plony was silent. So um, the the Chavetz Chaim says two kind of contradictory things about Plony's silence. One one that Plony's silence was good. One that's Plony, and the other one was Plony's silence is bad. First, the Chavetz Chaim says um, the, the, the silence was bad. He should have defended his honor. Why? The Chavetz Chaim says it's a mitzvah to be innocent in the eyes of Hashem and the Jewish people. Um, and it comes from the Pasuk, Vayitem Nakiyam Ma'ashem Yisrael. So that means that basically um, you should view 
you, you should be clean in the eyes of Hashem and in the eyes of Am Yisrael. And so what's kind of interesting about that Pasuk is, so I understand you should be, you know, free from sin in the eyes of God. But let's say you're free from sin in the eyes of God. Nonetheless, you should still try to go out of your way to make sure that the, the Jewish nation, that the Jewish people, the individual Jewish people that you're interacting with on a daily basis, that they also know that you're a good person. It's not good to, even if you're innocent in the eyes of Hashem, it's not good to go around and have other people think bad about you. So therefore, the Chavetz Chaim says it's a mitzvah maybe to defend yourself to a certain extent. If you're being, you know, if you were that person, you know, let's say Poloni says, can you believe that you, you know, he, he goes to somebody and he says, you know, that that um, this that, that you are the reason why this guy doesn't have a job. It's because you told on him. And what about if you're silent? You don't defend yourself. The Chavetz Chaim says to a certain extent, you should defend yourself because you should not only be, even if you didn't, even if you weren't the cause of the loss of the job, um, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't make yourself look bad in the eyes of even the Jewish people. Um, now the Chavetz Chaim says really something contradictory. Now, now he says no, actually it's a mitzvah for this guy Plony to have been silent. Plony should have been silent. Why is it a mitzvah? Um, so why is the so first I said it's a it's a mitzvah not to be silent to defend yourself. You should be clean in the eyes of of the nation of, of Am Yisrael, but. But now he says the reverse thing. It's actually better that Plony was silent. Why? Because he should basically, Plony might have been among the, the righteous, you know, the, the tzaddikim that are willing to be shamed and not shame others. The Gemara in Cholin um, 89a talks about how the universe still exists um, in the merit of those willing not to defend their own honor. So if you're willing to, you know what, take a slap on the, on the on, you know, take a slap and turn the other cheek, so to speak, that if you're willing to take an insult and, and not always defend your honor and stand on your kavod at, at all points in time, that uh, those people are viewed so highly that the universe still exists in the merit of those people. So maybe what you should assume, Plony was one of those people. Plony was someone that even if he was terribly insulted that, you know, you're, you're, you're just basically, Plony was just blamed for having lost, you know, ha- having you lost his job. And that's something that, you know, is really looks bad for Plony. Nonetheless, Plony is willing to basically take it on the chin and willing to be silent, willing to be shamed and not answer back. And perhaps he's among those tzaddikim that the universe still exists in their merit because they were willing not to defend their own honor. Um, or maybe the Chavetz Chaim says that basically he already kind of made the Chesh, and he already understood that society had prejudged him, that anything he said, he was already guilty. Uh, he, was, he was guilty before proven innocent. And so by fighting back, it was pointless. And so maybe that's why he was silent. So basically his silence totally irrelevant, and you're not able to learn anything from it. You're not able to take from it that he must have really said what he said. Um, a few different examples the Chavetz Chaim gives as far as sort of uh, of the great sins the Chavetz Chaim says of the of, of our you know of our people so he says it gives an example let's say a person loses a job he goes to his non-jewish boss he asks the non-jewish boss why did I why did I lose my job so the non-jewish boss says back to him look don't don't complain to me that you lost your job Plony the Jew he was the one that that uh, said a bunch of nasty things about you that's the reason I'm firing you so the Chavetz Chaim says, due to our many, many sins, um, you, the person that lost your job, automatically, immediately believes this non-Jewish boss that Plony must have been the person that 
lost the job for you. Plony must have been the person that said all these nasty things. And as a result, then you are going to be so mad at Plony for the supposed loss of job that, that you claim that, you know, that, that uh, the non-Jew, that your non-Jewish boss claims that, claims that he was, a, you know, claims that he was the cause of. And what are you going to do as a result? You're going to do something bad to Plony. You're going to go and betray Plony to his boss. He says, the Chavetz says, that's just a total destruction of society that we somehow are believing, you know, this non-Jewish person that uh, Plony was, that, 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 that your friend Plony was the one that was the one that uh, said, you know, lost the job for you. No, how, how could you possibly believe such a thing? That's just utterly something that you should not believe. You should not believe such a report. That's absolutely usher to believe a report even from a Jew, Kova Homer from a non-Jew. So how could you believe such a such a report and automatically assume that Plony is at fault? Um, you should absolutely, you, in fact, it's a mitzvah, to believe that Plony was entirely innocent and absolutely did not do anything like that. And the Chavetz says, even just to believe it is a, is a vero, it's even worse to do something in, you know, um, to, to do something kind of uh, to get Plony back to do something bad to Plony. So to, to maybe, the Chavetz Chaim says, maybe you're going to go to Plony's boss now and say nasty things about Plony that aren't true. And then the Chavetz Chaim says, that's just a, a terrible, terrible, terrible result. Um, so, we, you know, if even if you hear from your non-Jewish boss, oh, the reason you lost your job is because Plony lost it for you, you absolutely, it's usher to believe such a report. Now, um, the, the Chavetz Chaim says, goes on a little bit of a tangent and talks about basically just how bad it is to um, to report sort of the, to the non-Jewish authorities uh, about some kind of, you know, so to report a fellow Jew to the non-Jewish authorities. And the um, talked about this previously, uh, this story, the Chavetz Chaim quotes a story from the Vilna Gon, that the Vilna Gon was riding in, um, in, in was, was riding on a horse with another rider in his carriage and the 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 rider of the horse was a fellow Jew, and the rider um, basically made some wrong turn and ended up damaging the crops of a of a non Jewish field owner. And that field owner saw that the that he damaged the crops. He came out to the um, to the wagon and started beating up none other than the Vilna Gon. He got the wrong person. Really, it was the Vilna Gon didn't do anything wrong. It was the driver that damaged the the field. What did the Vilna Gon do? The Vilna Gon took the beating. The Vilna Gon refused to blame the driver for, rightfully, the driver was the one in the wrong. Nonetheless, the Chavetz Chaim says, ex- explains, the, Vil- the, the, the most that in halacha, the most that a, a fellow, that the most that a Jew would be obligated to pay if someone damaged the field is just for the cost of damages. He certainly would not be chayv and malkus or some other kind of physical, you know, punishment. So the, 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 this guy... Um, the field owner started beating up the Vilna Gon. Had the Vilna Gon told on, you know, had, had the Vilna Gon ratted out the driver for the, being the one that uh, damaged the field, then the driver would have basically taken a, taken a beating, which was a much worse punishment than he deserved to take. So the Vilna Gon took the beating for him. And that just goes to show you the extent of how far the Vilna Gon was willing to go to avoid having a fellow Jew be, um, you know, uh, falsely reported against to the non-Jewish authorities. So now the Chavis Chaim gives another example um, of sort of a, where a time where a person might believe uh, something that they shouldn't believe. So the other example is here. So let's say a non-Jewish person goes and buys liquor. Um, you know, you, you're selling liquor. You have a, own a liquor store. 
the the goig comes and 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 basically arranges an agreement to buy liquor from you, but he doesn't actually pay yet. Then he goes to your competitor, a fellow Jew, and uh, he doesn't tell the fellow Jew that he already made an agreement with you, but he's able to get a work out a better deal without telling that other Jew about it. He's able to work he's able to work out a better deal with that other Jew. Then he comes back to you, he comes back to you, and he says, you know what, Uh, Plony gave me a better deal, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, taking my business, so even though we agreed on a deal, I'm taking my business over to Plony. And then you might ask him, wait, why why did you take your business to Plony, didn't we have a deal? And the non-Jew, in order to sort of not have to just uh, explain that, yeah, he, he kind of backed out of this deal, the non-Jew is going to lie, the non-Jew is going to say, Oh, the reason why I'm going to this other guy, Plony, is because Plony, he called me after I we made this deal. Plony called me up and said, you know, my stuff is better than your, you know, my, my stuff as Plony is better than the stuff that you bought. And not only is it better, it's cheaper. You should come to me instead. And of course, that's a false report. The, the, the other Jew didn't even know about um, this first guy's arrangement. So uh, it's a false report that Nanju just wanted to get out of basically having to confront uh, the fact that he backed out of the deal. So the Nanju made up this fan, fan, you know, fantastical story that the other person approached him and said all these bad, you know, said, oh, my stuff's better and, and uh, my stuff's cheaper and, and, and really kind of screwed the, screwed the, first, uh, the, 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 the first Jew that made the agreement. And immediately the Chavetz Chaim says, due to our many sins, that first Jew that the, the the you know the first the first guy that bought the liquor and now is being reneged against immediately he's going to leave the non-Jew and is going to hate the second Jew because um, because of that non-Jew's false report that that second Jew when you know the the second uh, Jewish um, liquor store owner uh, basically you know lost a deal sort of uh, cheated him out of a deal and because of that false report that the non-Jew gave then basically. Um, there's going to be this major machlokas, this huge, major, big fight between the one, you know, the one liquor store owner and the other liquor store owner. And why did that happen? It's all because of the sin of that first Jew, unfortunately, um, believing the the non-Jewish person's report that that uh, that the other guy basically tried to swindle him out of a deal. That that was, of course, not true. That was just the non-Jew's false report. Nonetheless, because you believed it that ultimately led to a major, major fight between the, the two liquor store owners. Um, what the Chavis Chaim says, what should have been done? Instead, if you're that first Jew that, that, that the non-Jew backed out of, you should assume, ah, this non-Jew, he's not telling the truth, he's lying. You should assume that second Jew, he knew nothing about the deal, he, which in reality was true. The second Jew knew nothing about the deal. Um, you should assume uh, he, he must have just not even known anything about the deal. This non-Jew's lying just to get out of it. And um, the, the other Jew d- had no idea that you already had this deal in place. Um, you know, and, and the fact that you lost out on business, that wasn't because the other liquor store owner you know, cut you short. No, it's just because he didn't even know that you already had a deal. This was just his going rate. And, uh, and he wasn't trying to, t- trying to swindle you out of any, out of any kind of business deal. And if you just assumed, instead of instead of assuming that the non-Jews Jewish reports was Jewish report was right, you should assume no, it must have not been true. Okay, 
So to recap what I've spoken about, so in Klal, this is Klal Vav of Rechilot again. Rechilot is when Plony comes to you and says, sorry, when someone comes to you and says, can you believe what Plony did to you or what Plony's planning to do to you? Um, that's Rechilot. Uh, so now Halacha Aleph in, in, in Klal Vav talks about how it's usher to believe Rechilot, even if the speaker says, um, says what he says publicly in front of several people. Um, it's still, even, even though it's in front of several people, so you might say, well, it's in front of several people. I maybe have a heter now because, uh, um, it's public information. No, even still, it's still prohibited for you to believe the rechilut. However, you are allowed to suspect it might be true and investigate, you know, and investigate it further if it'll have a future impact. So the Chavetz Chaim says, gives an example. So a victim, let's say a person was told, you know, can you believe Plony, what, what Plony is planning to steal from you, let's say. So that is a classic case of rechilut. You're not allowed to believe that Plony is actually going to steal from something from you. But because you want to protect that thing that might be stolen, so you're able to sort of investigate further to figure out, is this really true? Did the victim actually want, you know, is, is it really true that this guy actually is going to try to steal this thing from me? And then you're able to protect yourself. The Chavetz Chaim makes it very clear, though. You're not, even, even though you're able to protect yourself, you're not able to believe it. Chavetz Chaim goes even further. Let's say... It's something that has no impact on your life. Let's say you just heard Plony just uh, said he doesn't really like you. So again, I said maybe you should investigate why he doesn't like you, see if you can somehow do teshuva. But assuming he just, uh, it's not your fault, he just doesn't like you. So what impact does that have on your life? No impact. So if it has no impact, then don't go around asking others, is that, did you really say that he doesn't like me? And keep looking into it because why? If you keep going to other people and asking, did did Plony really say what he said about me, even though it has no impact on my life? By doing such a thing, you're over Lifnaiver. You're basically causing a stumbling block for a fellow Jew to say Rechilot about Plony. And because of that, um, then you you know are, are, are kind of promoting Rechilos, which of course is a great sin. Moving to Allah Bet. So you don't believe Rechilot, even if the comments were made um, in front of that original speaker. So an example is, you know, um, there are three people there: the speaker, you, and you as the as the as the victim, and then Plony, the original, the the, the supposed original speaker. And uh, the so a guy says, you know, Plony standing right here, my friend Plony. Can you believe Plony said that he X Y and Z about you, all these nasty things about you? And what happens? The Chavis Chaim says, what if Plony is silent, doesn't say a word? So you absolutely cannot believe that what Plony actually said, uh, that you cannot believe that, that Plony actually said what he's accused of being, what, what he's accused of saying. Um, silence is no proof for the gossip, you know, for, for gossip that was true. So how are you supposed to, the Chavis Chaim says, silence is no proof that gossip was actually true. So the Chavis Chaim says, you know, easier said than done. How are you really supposed to make that assumption? You know, you hear that Plony said all these bad things about you. How are you supposed to really believe that Plony actually didn't say these things about you? What methods, what, what should you use? What methodology? Chavetz Chaim says, you should assume that basically the per- type of person that would speak Rechilot is a pure Russia. And uh, a Russia as such um, should not be believed. And instead, you should presume that Plony, who up to now is a good person, a good Jew, you should believe that he, of course, would never say such a bad thing about you. And it's better to believe that the guy saying the Rechilot, he's the Rasha. He's proven he's a, good, he's a bad person by saying such a report. You should, so you should not believe the, the speaker, and instead you should believe the, the good person. Um, okay, moving to Halacha Gimel, the last Halacha that I talked about, that 
if a victim was harmed and didn't know, again, so let's say, you know, you lost your job or you lost a bunch of business, um, you don't know why. So the Chavis Chaim says it's also to assume that, oh, it must be because a fellow Jew said some terrible things about my business or said some terrible things to my boss. That's why I lost my job. That's why I lost my business. Um, so don't assume that other people are a Russia. So now the Chavis Chaim says, let's say, you know, um, Plony, so, so let's say you heard that, you actually heard a report that Plony was the one that went to your boss and said a bunch of nasty things about you, and that's why you're fired. And let's say Plony was even standing right there when you heard such a report that Plony said this. And let's say Plony was silent. So again, it's for his silence is not a reason to believe that Plony actually said what he said to lose your job. You're not allowed to believe this report. Um, why would Plony have been silent. So on one hand, the Chavis Chaim says that was wrong for Plony to have been silent. Plony should have said, no, I didn't lose your job. I didn't say anything. And why should he have defended his honor? Because the Chavis Chaim says from the Pasuk, that you should be clean in the eyes of Hashem and, and the Jewish people. So just because you're clean in the eyes of Hashem, just because Plony didn't actually say these things, nonetheless, because a fellow Jew might have looked at him negatively, then he should have defended his honor. However, the Chavetz Chaim says almost the exact opposite too might be true. Maybe it's actually a good thing, it's a mitzvah, that the that uh, that um, Plony was silent in the face of being blamed. Why? Because the Chavetz Chaim says, quotes the Gemara in Chulin 89a, that the universe exists due to those that are willing to not answer back and stand on their own kavod and, and defend their honor. Um, that it's sometimes a good thing just to avoid machlokas. Just even if you hear something bad said about you, just say, okay, you did not, not do anything, even be silent. And he says, maybe that's why Plony was silent because he was willing just to um, be shamed and, and not, and not shame others back. Um, now the Chavetz Chaim gives another reason. Maybe, maybe Plony understood that he already had been judged as guilty and it wasn't worth fighting that. Um, okay, now the Chavetz Chaim gives two great examples of instances where we are just basically terrible sinners in this realm of believing Rechilos, even though we shouldn't. Um, the first example the Chavetz Chaim gives is that a person loses his job, he goes to his non-Jewish boss, he says, why did you fire me? And the non-Jewish boss says, I, it wasn't me that, uh, that, that fired you, you shouldn't complain against me, instead you should complain against Plony, the fellow Jew, who came to me and told me all these nasty things about you, that's why I'm firing you. So he says, due to our many sins, unfortunately, we, you know, you immediately blame Plony. You say, ah, it must be Plony that lost the job for me. You immediately believe the non-Jewish person's report. This is a terrible sin, the Chavetz Chaim says. Really, why are you believing this non-Jew? Why are you believing him that Plony actually said all these bad things about you? Don't believe that. And even worse, it's even worse, even worse than believing it, which is a, a, a terrible sin in and of itself, it's even worse to go and the Chavetz Chaim says it's likely that you'll go and try to betray Plony. You'll go to Plony's boss now and say nasty things about him. So the whole thing is bad. He says don't even believe the non-Jewish person's report to begin with. And the Chavetz Chaim says about the importance of, you know, not, um, you know, of not uh, informing the non-Jewish authorities about a fellow Jew that the Vilna Gon got beat up in order to avoid, um, you know, in, basically he was with a with a driver, a wagon driver. The wagon driver damaged a non-Jewish person's field. The non-Jewish person field owner, the, the, the field owner came out of the house and started beating up the Vilna Gon. It wasn't the Vilna Gon's fault. It was the driver. 
So why did the Vilna go not blame the driver? Because the driver was a fellow Jew, and blaming a fellow Jew would have been beyond the pale because all that that person would have been responsible for in halacha is the damage to the field. But he wasn't chayev, the damage of getting beaten up. So the Vilna Gon took the beating and did not blame his driver. Now, another example the Chavis Chaim gives of a terrible sin of we of, of us accepting Rechilos. So let's say a goy buys, let's say you, you own a liquor store, and a non-Jew comes and agrees to a certain price to buy liquor from you, agrees to the deal, and then before he actually pays you, he goes to another liquor store and gets a better deal. And he unfortunately does not tell that other Jew about his first deal. So the other Jew has no idea that you um, already had a deal in place, and the other Jew gives him a deal, gives him a, a, a better deal. So um, then the, the non-Jew goes back to you and says, you know what, I'm backing out of my deal. Uh, I'm, I'm backing out of what we agreed on. And you say, well, why are you backing out? And the, the, the non-Jew says, well, the reason I'm backing out is because this guy, um, you know, the, the, uh, Plony, the, the, Plony, the other liquor store owner, um, called me up and said, you know, why are you buying from Shlomo? Why, why, why are you buying from Shlomo? I, I have a better deal here. Um, and uh, I, you know, my, my stuff is better and, and it's cheaper. And, and don't bother buying from, you know, that, that other place that you went to. Come and buy from me. So as a result of this report, which is, was, of course, not true, the non-Jew made up this report. The non-Jew, the, 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 um, Plony never actually called this non-Jew and said such bad things about your products and said that my stuff is, you know, that his stuff is so much cheaper and better. No, that wasn't true. Plony, the non-Jew just wanted to get out, get, a, get out of the deal without having to embarrass himself. So immediately... The Chavitz Chaim says, due, our, due to our many sins, immediately that first liquor store owner that unfortunately was backed out of immediately believes the non-Jew and then hates that second person, Plony, for saying all these nasty things about him, even though that report was never true. The non-Jew made that story up. But we don't we, we believe the, the non-Jew and we immediately go to hating the second Jew, to, to hating Plony. Um, based on that false report from the non-Jew. Instead, what we should do, and, and that, of course, will lead to major machlokas and, and, and fighting and, and you know, two, these two liquor stores going at it in the future. Instead, what we should do is assume if you're that first, if you're that first person that the non-Jew bought from, you should assume the non-Jew isn't telling the truth. He's lying. And if we assume that he's lying and the whole thing was made up and, then, and, then, and the, other, the other liquor store owner really had no idea that you even were trying to buy from you, that that uh, that you even had a deal in place in the first in the first place, that's what you should assume. And then this whole fighting and 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 machlokas and you know and hatred of of the of the fellow liquor store owner, all of that will dissipate. Okay, to read my poem, if you hear a report that you will be under attack, protect yourself while assuming the report was whack. The speaker of Rachilut should not be believed because. His story was probably misconceived. And with that, l'chaim uh, l'chaim. And this has been Klal Vav on Archilos, Aleph through Gimel.